This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd, and we are officially 93 days away from the NFL Draft in Detroit, Michigan. Welcome in to the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. We've got Nick Harris, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam in the back as we break it down for you today. We've got plenty of draft news, Cowboys news, and then coming up very, very soon, we're going to be talking about senior bowl yes sir shrine bowl yes sir got some good things coming on the horizon here for the draft but we've got some uh got some early things to talk about brian it feels like every time the cowboys get to this time of the year and cowboys fans are still watching nfl playoffs yeah they're looking at these teams that are having success that are moving on and they're saying how can we build that similar direction so i ask you the question did you learn anything from the divisional round weekend and these teams that are going to play for conference championships this week? Yeah, the things that we like to talk about in player personnel evaluations and how to build your team is talking about the middle of your team, the middle of your, say, the middle of your defense. Mm. Continue to look at what the San Francisco 49ers do at linebacker. Continue to look at how teams handle the middle of the field. You look at what Dallas didn't handle the middle of the field well in their playoff matchup against the Green Bay Packers. All year, really. Yeah. Statistically. Statistically, you're right. The Look at what San Francisco did against Green Bay. Everything outside the numbers was fine for the Green Bay Packers. Everything up the middle of that defense was a problem for that team. So to me, when we, we look at, uh, okay, we all know about the linebacker situation. We kind of understand a little bit about the safeties uh, and what's going on here. The, the tackles are another thing. But the, I, I've always – it just reinforced to me that if you're not – solid and dependable up the middle of your defense, you're going to have problems in these games. And uh, the San Francisco 49ers are the best example of that to me. Yeah, you can look at the Baltimore Ravens, too, and yeah. what, what they've been able to do on the defensive side of the ball and that linebacking core that they have. and It's strong. It's strong. You look at the teams that are still playing and what they kind of have in common, it's it's things that the Cowboys don't have. Right. It's, it's, it's very clear that it needs to be addressed. It's, it's run game, it's interior defensive line, it's linebackers. I mean, it's a little bit of everything, Aisha, whenever you look at the teams that are winning these games and then the style that they're winning it, too, because they can win in different ways. Right. That's part of it. And the Cowboys can win in different ways, too. Let's not get it twisted. But whenever it comes to that way specifically, that physical ground game and controlling the trenches, you just don't have that. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing that stands out to me, and that stood out to me when you talk about all those teams, they're good at 12 personnel. Yeah. Because it counters a lot of what teams like to do defensively, especially when you talk about the nickel and how teams use it. And so, to me, the lack of – Cowboys ran – I don't know how much 12 personnel they ran this year. They had a lot of success in 11, which was kind of to me the opposite of last year. They had more success in 12 personnel. I really think moving into next year, I want to see them be more stout there to counter some of the things that teams do defensively and be able to move the ball efficiently. Is that – possible to revamp that entire physicality though in one draft class we've been talking about this for two years with the dallas cowboys yeah. to be Articles. honest with you guys <laughs> yeah i mean if we, we've all covered this team long enough and understand it that you know it was it was two years ago that the the draft was all about going out and getting tougher guys they stood up on the podium there and told us about they needed to be tougher they needed to be more physical 
we're still talking about it here. You know, and you kind of you kind of felt like that, you know, maybe last year with the draft with, you know, the first couple of picks, I was linking up with Mozzie Smith, the 329 pound defensive tackle. I was thinking about a physical tight end at the point of attack. Mm -hmm. You know, those things didn't work out for them. I I think they're still chasing that physicality, uh, you know, demeanor, if you want to say, for uh, for their football team. I have a question to that. When you think about the Cowboys roster, who are the gentlemen that you think about that are physical? The first one I think of is Tyler Smith up front. Uh, In terms of like young Guys that you're going to have for moving forward for a significant amount of time, I think of Tyler Smith. Nick? Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking. Tyler Smith, um, C.D. Lamb in route running this past year, he showed a lot more physicality this yeah. past season. But like, if we're talking about guys you would wa- like to see on the defensive side of the ball be a little bit more physical, like Donovan Wilson, obviously. Yeah. Aside from that, it's it's tough to really – you'd be reaching. Would you throw Osa in there? First eight games, Osa. See, this is this is the thing that we have to figure out too, and that's a great point you made. And to your point, I think it's Wilson. I mean, to your Dono. to your question, and maybe yeah. Tank. Yeah, and you gotta yeah. be, you gotta yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think Tank that. is so smart. Yeah, I think if you said who's the smartest player you have on your defense, I would say it's Tank. Demarcus. Yeah. And so my follow up question to that is, well, the way that I process it is the way besides Tyler on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball, your physical guys. Are your older guys? Yeah. Some of your older guys. That's a problem. To that's me. that's a yeah. problem. Your young guys should be outlasting and being more of that physical presence. And I think that that's something that some of what you saw even in the playoffs is like you're looking for those young guys with fresh legs to come out and, and give you something because those older guys are they're they've been working their tails off. So I'm looking. That's another thing too. I think this also plays back into the lack of contribution that you got from your draft class. Sure. And also to just that. To your point, we've been talking about physicality for a while. It's just been some of these older gentlemen, these veteran gentlemen that are setting that tone. I was looking for some of the young guys to kind of match that, or you bring in some guys to match that. I wonder where the disconnect is uh, with, okay, just just if you could summarize, what do you think they were looking for in this last draft draft class? If If you had to say in just a few words, you know. It's hard for me to say anything. I, don't want to say, I, don't want to get... I, I think Just, you were I... you were trying to pigeonhole needs. I think at some point. Mm. See, th- th- whatever they did in that regard of of the prep to build their board that way, yeah, they need not to go that direction. You know, and this 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 team has done a really good job of drafting the best available player. Yeah, they really have. Mm-hmm. When when you think they're going to take that defensive end from LSU when they really need it, and they take C.D. Lamb. Mm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That that, that to me. Maybe they need to go back and evaluate that. And maybe they were trying to get tougher and it didn't work out. They didn't pick the tough guys, like you say, Aisha. Maybe the young guys aren't stepping up. Like, But I wonder what you guys thought about their what their you thought their plan was with I, this draft. I wouldn't qualify this as far as the first two picks that they made with Mozzie Smith and Luke Schoonmaker. Yeah. But you look at what they drafted and look at it on paper, it yeah. looked like they were going for positional flex. You look at what Tyler Smith yeah. was able to do in his first season, moving right. from tackle to guard. Hey, I like that. Let's right. look for some more guys that can do some things. Like Boy, that. that gets me in trouble though sometimes because I saw I saw Tyron Crawford, I saw him get just you know he went from being I thought a really good player to they started moving him around too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is he an end? Is he a tackle? You know mm-hmm. the position flexing I think is fine to a point, but when it becomes the thing that you're hanging your hat on, 
then I think you get in trouble that way. Yeah. And it's also interesting thinking that way specifically going into this year and having a draft class centered around that. And then you have the conversation of Tyler Smith and his position flex. And they say, you know what? We're not going to move him at all. Yeah. We're going to situate him in one specific spot. So it's almost like going counterbalancing what you were trying to accomplish in the first place. What did you, did you, it was just looking at more of the other guys. You look at Overshone, they has that safety linebacker flex. He can even rush the passer a little bit. You look in the fourth round, Viliami Fahoko. As soon as he was drafted, the word was, okay, he can move inside, yeah. he can move outside. Fifth round, you look at Austin Richards. Yeah, we think he can move inside to guard. We, yeah. can, we think he has some ability there. I mean, you're even talking about Mozzie Smith. The first thing that came out of their mouth was, we think we can unlock a little bit of uh, pass rush in him. So, like, being right. able to have a little bit added element to their game, I mean, uh, you can look at all the draft picks after Schoonmaker and really find something as far as versatility goes. What's the okay so in order to do that what do you need time correct yeah I all think, those yeah. players you talked about i mean besides maybe like a overshone i thought he if, yeah. if he hadn't got injured he could have made an immediate impact but all those things that you're looking you're talking about require development and require yeah. time baby you didn't have time this year yeah yeah, you needed and them. You needed them this year. Yeah. And so to me, and again, like this is how I viewed this draft class. I felt like it was a very supporting draft class. I I personally thought the, the Cowboys looked at what they did in free agency with getting Stefan and then also getting Brandon Cooks. I thought they felt like they filled those needs that maybe they would have went and attacked in the draft and they were comfortable, maybe a little too comfortable, mm-hmm with their their starters yeah. with their roster and so the guys that they added were oh we'll give them a year and let them develop or whatever i personally thought they were a little too confident in the roster that they had going into this season mm-hmm. even though they did some good things and uh th- like i said before those gentlemen that a lot of the gentlemen they drafted require time and you should have been trying to win this year so yeah. kind of based off that point and switching the attention back to the 2024 draft class yeah out of the individuals and the prospects that you guys have watched to this point, do you feel like this class is better suited for a toughness thought process for the Cowboys or maybe a ready-made time to play now, like a ready-for-the-NFL, pro-ready stuff? I, you know what? When I, look at these, when I look at the projections of the guys that could be centers, you know, I, I do. We've, we've talked about Barton and we've talked about the Oregon kid. I, I think there is an element of toughness to those two guys. I really, really do. So I find myself in my notes. I don't know about you guys when I'm watching. I, I just type in. I will, I'm like, man, this guy plays hard. Mm-hmm. This guy looks like he loves the game. I, I'm typing that a lot more on these players than I believe I have in the past. And maybe maybe that's my fault, Aisha, because I'm looking for those guys. Mm. You know, I'm looking because I know this team needs younger but more of that toughness element to it. You're looking for grit. It's funny that you guys say that because I literally wrote in my notes as I was looking at even the wide receivers, I was like, ah, Nice to be back to normal because last year when you looked at, to your point about the grit and the toughness, I do think there's a lot of old school type players yeah. in this draft even when you look at the tight end room I think there are some guys that have receiving qualities but these are just tight yeah. ends you know what I'm saying yeah. to me and even with the running backs I've, that I've looked at it's not a whole bunch of super finesse special stuff they're just running backs like they yeah. can just run the ball efficiently and when you talk about the offensive line all yeah. that stuff it does feel like a kind of turning back the clock 
less fancy schmancy could that, could type that be, things. Could it be with older players? Fundamentals. Could, yeah. Could yeah. it, could it be COVID year? Could, well, the COVID year of adding another year and making guys a little bit fifth year guys or six year guys now. You do see more polish from yeah. certain from certain players. I, I I do think since I've been looking, I'm, I'm more so like, oh, he looks like he gets the position. Oh, yeah. he has a good feel for the position, or you can tell he's been doing this for a while. Uh, yeah. I think I do think I see more of that this draft so far. So far. Can I be a sicko for a moment uh, yes. when it comes to uh, some, some toughness, to toughness <laughs> Nick, as far as things? So Nick goes into sicko <laughs> mode from now on, every now and again, and it's phenomenal. Okay, so we talked about Jackson Powers Johnson last week, and yeah. all of these are going to point towards Out toughness. Out of Oregon. Yeah, Remington Award winner is the nation's best center this past year. Phenomenal. I mean, we talked about it last week, I think, enough. I mean, he's a guy that's a mauler up front. Uh, cosign. Cedric Van Pran Granger out of Georgia. Uh, it, center. Yeah. So I, I'm going to give you a quick story on him. He's out of Warren Easton in uh, New Orleans, uh, one of the more uh, storied programs down there in New Orleans. So he was in a pra- got into a practice fight um, a couple of years ago with uh, one named Bear Alexander. I mean, this is public news, so I'm not breaking anything here. Got into a public got into a fight with Bear Alexander um, in the middle of a practice. Bear Alexander is a bear. He's yeah. out of Denton Ryan High School, 6'3", 320 pounds. There was a clear winner in that fight. Uh, between those two guys, and the next day, Bear Alexander was in the portal. So, Barnacles. So, he Cedric beat him Brand into Brand. the portal. Yeah, he, yeah, Not the portal. yeah, yeah. It was tough. Now he's, into the portal. now he's at USC. He's going to be a guy. Honestly, he's going to be a guy we talk about in the yeah. first three rounds next year. He's a dog, but it, it, it was shocking because I mean, he beat. He, uh, I don't want to say that. He Sorry. got into a fight with a guy who entered the portal the next day. But you look at him on the field, he has that toughness on the field. Yeah. He has that New Orleans grit down on the field. Uh, there's, there's, he's a really intriguing guy that I think you could look at in the middle rounds uh, if you're still looking for a center at that point. Really like what he brings to the table. Now, if you're looking on the defensive side of the ball, I really like Peyton Wilson out of North Carolina State. He's yeah. a wrestling state champion out of North Carolina. Um, he, he brings that type of, you know, uh, type of physicality to the field. Uh, for over 400 tackles. In his time uh, with the Wolfpack, I mean, he could have gone anywhere. Alabama, Michigan, uh, these all these programs were all over him. He decided to stay home and go to North Carolina State, and as a result, he was able to start all four years, really stack some confidence, stack some reps. Uh, he's a guy I really like as a linebacker option, a linebacker option in the uh, middle rounds as well. That's interesting. It, a lot of people comparing him. I haven't watched him yet, so if you guys have watched him, give your scouting report. But a lot of they're saying it's very. Con- comparable to Steve Avila last year from TCU mm-hmm. in terms of his his footwork and his grit and his size. I mean, there's a lot of things that they compare with uh, just based off of what I'm reading here about uh, Van Pran. Is that how you say his name? Van Pran? Yeah, and uh, he's Cedric hyphenated Van his name. Uh, yeah. It looks like he's hyphenating his yes, name in the draft yeah. process. So Cedric Van Pran Granger. I always Granger. knew him as yeah. uh, Van Pran whenever okay. I was covering yeah. him in high school, but looks like uh, we got a Granger as a hyphenated name. So, yeah, It's cool how he spells Cedric. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody else that, even on the the defensive side, I know we're talking offensive line specifically, but is there a defensive size side where your your physicality can play a factor? We're going to talk about defensive tackles later, right? A little bit of defensive tackle later. I'm going to save it. We can save it for you. I don't want to. But we could look at a couple of edge guys. Uh, I mean, Jared Verse out of Florida State. Uh, This was a guy that uh, transferred in from Albany. I mean, he didn't have anything going on whenever he was out of a high school recruit. And um, whenever he entered the portal out of 
of Albany a couple of years ago. Uh, he was one of the hotter prospects in the entire portal, top five portal prospect with all the uh, websites that do portal rankings. And he went to Florida State, and he, he shows that. You could also look at Chop Robinson out of Penn State. He's a late first, early second round guy that has a lot of that physicality as well that you like off the edge. I like and, Chop as a name. Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. And we've talked about Latu and his size and yeah. how he's kind of got a little Joey Bosa to him. So, I mean, there's some guys in this class I, I, I really enjoy. So, ch- you said Chop Robinson out of Penn State. We got to get better at saying the, the school names afterwards. Yeah, I get, Latu I get, yeah. from UCLA. Yep. yep. Uh, what were the other names you mentioned? Yeah, Jared Verse out of Florida State. Florida State, and, State. And, um, man, one more that I could throw in. If y'all remember that Colorado, Colorado State game, I, I, everybody man, in the world I, I'm watched. pulling up my notes right now on Kamara. <laughs> yep, Mohamed Kamara. Yeah, man, he's he's a dog, and that yeah. was that was the he number one Colorado player. State. Yeah, he did. He, he did. was the reason Colorado State was even in that game, yeah. and then he had some some personal foul penalties at yeah. the end. Yeah. I mean, he was throwing bows in the in the sideline. He made a lot of money that day. Yeah, let me yeah. tell you this this. Kid Kid has got some Demarcus Lawrence to his game mm-hmm. in the way he plays the run. I mean, he, he, I like he is that. he can rush the passer, but you cannot run on the outside of this guy. He's he's a shorter guy. He's six one. He's two fifty. But man, he's got some complete traits as far as when it comes to getting rid of blockers, getting upfield, kind of having an idea of angling inside, making a play behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, you you look at him and he's just when he rushes, I mean, he comes screaming off that edge. And I I I mean, I I have a lot of respect for his game because again, when you brought up Tank, I always think of that complete guy. The guy that can play the run, can play the pass, smart, show toughness, make plays. This kid's got some of those traits to him. Yeah, to that point, I'm definitely going to – I feel like I'm going to take a deeper dive into Edge because now that y'all are talking about it and I'm thinking about the Cowboys roster as a whole – Yeah. Baby, you might know. You might need to go get one or two. Yeah, I think absolutely you do. Uh, Especially when you look at the size discrepancy that yep. I think you look at with what the Cowboys have versus what other teams in the league have. You're probably going to lose a couple of bodies there uh, with Dante Fowler going out, um, or, uh, being a free agent at least. Um, so you're, uh, yeah, I think you need to beef up the edge. I think you have to take a pick somewhere. There's a kid you're going to like at Utah, Jonah Elias. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reminds me of Will McDonald. Oh, and I knew, and then you, and you really, really liked Will McDonald a lot on that. On that, uh, oh, you had some really good notes about Will McDonald. But Jonah Elias, his dad played for the Lions, and he's currently the coach. is He's the coach at Utah. His dad's a defensive line coach, but he plays. He's an edge for them. He's got some, you know, when you start to talk about rushers mm-hmm. and things like that. I, I think when you get in your edges, you're going to like him. Y'all notice that that it's a lot of legacies in this draft. There's a couple of them. Yeah. They, it seems like they're stacking. It, every I know year. it's not a. Co- I don't even know. I, I feel I've like there's a lot of coaches' four kids. Or five. Yeah. Pretty often. Well, the the thing uh-huh. about it is, though, to me, and and it's it, and I'm the far oldest guy in this group, so <laughs> I've scouted their dads too. Uh-huh. It's nice to see their sons have the type of success. There's some players, like uh, there's some players in this draft that their dads were really really good players, and they're even better players than their dad was. Nice. Which is, I I think, is a neat thing to see. No doubt about it. All right, time to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to do some Twitter on the 20. We promise we're going to get to more than one answer today. It's going to happen. We're going to do more than one Twitter on the 20 question. Draft Show continues right after this. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. 
Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to LaserCare Eye Center, and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and LaserCare Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Now for some Twitter on the 20. Do we have the sounder? I don't know what's going on in the back back there. But we're back here on Talking Cowboys. Ding. It's time for Twitter, Twitter, Twitter Talking on Cowboys. the 2020. 20, I say Talking Cowboys. <laughs> There's a lot going on right yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're breaking the fourth wall here, everybody. We're making it work. All right, Second welcome back in. Time now for Twitter on the 20. The first question that I have is from Anthony. He says, with the lack of middle-round picks this year, would you not consider trading a high pick for an established player? Run that back. So you, you lack the fourth, the fifth-round picks. Does that deter you from trading a high-value pick, one, two, or three, from getting an established player that's already in the league? Or I mean, would you rather draft those positions? You need the picks you have now, if that's what they're asking. Are yes, they saying like dra- trading a pick for a big-time yeah. player? Does yeah, it no, deter you, need the you picks. from that? Yeah, you need the picks. Yeah. I, I don't think you don't – folks, don't get discouraged out there without having middle picks. Mm-hmm. You can get middle picks. Mm-hmm. People will move around in the draft. You can move back three spots. You could pick up a third. You could pick up a fourth. You could pick up a fifth. You're going to get some compensatory picks. Don't let that bother you in this thing. Don't, don't, I mean, don't, look, don't focus on the number right now you have. What you focus on is the number as the draft is going along. 
you know, that's where I've I've never felt like, you know, moving picks on, you know, it, it never was a problem for me because I knew, like I said, okay, if I want to move back three spots right now, I can pick up a four, hmm. you know. So don't don't let this discourage you. That Stephen Jones and Will McClay, those guys, they know how to play the board. They know how to play the trade chart, you know. They, they, can, they can get picks back in this thing. Don't let this bother you right now. That made me feel so much better. Really don't. No, right I've, I've sat in that room. I've sat in that room for 13 years doing this. Yeah. You know, if somebody will always call you for the opportunity to pick up a pick, you know, and you can, you can, you can, you could absolutely, and you don't know, you might be able to trade one of your players yeah. for a pick, but don't, don't feel like that this is the final product of what you're going to have. There's going to be opportunities of phone calls, the ability to move up, move back, and you could pick up picks along the way. I never, it, it's never the final number right now. The final number is when Commissioner Goodell stands up there and say, welcome to the 2024 NFL draft. Now we're playing. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to go get some picks or we're going to sit here and make the picks we got. Yeah. Yeah. Would you deter away from taking those picks or would you would you try and do what Brian's doing and massage the board to go get some more? Oh, no, I'd, I'd, I personally think the Cowboys are going to maybe be a little bit more aggressive yeah. than yeah. what they've been in past years. Uh, if you don't feel the urgency yes. in this building, I think you're living in a fairy tale land yep. as far as uh, what right. they need to do to get to the next level. And I do think it isn't the same way that we look at this past draft class. They are looking at it, too. Yeah. They're looking at the lack of production yeah. and stuff, too. So I do think that, to Nick's point, I think keeping your picks is 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 going to be important but i think when that day comes you should be you should be active and phones should be ring yeah. ding ding and you understand <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i agree stacy asked the bigger priority on the offensive line when taking into or taking value and depth into consideration is the bigger priority center or left tackle? Center. Uh, for me, for me, I think it's left tackle. I, I think that's Sugar. more. We've got a debate. I think it's more of left tackle because let's say Tyron Smith is not in the building next year. Who's your left tackle? Probably awesome. If um, Tyler Biotis is not in the building next year, then who's your center? We don't know. Probably a TJ Bass. Maybe a TJ Bass. Bass. Or a yeah. Hoffman. I think there's better depth right now at center than there would be at left tackle. Is um, that because you've seen Bass and Hoffman play? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I think you can. You can't hide no center, honey. Yeah. You can help out. Yeah, a, you can help out a tackle, but they, they need both. That's that's yeah, for sure. That's fair. <laughs> but I I do think that the center's inability to, um, well, number one, I just feel like him, them getting at the second level. I feel like that was a huge problem this year um and so for me i'm I'm looking at and when we're talking about okay what do these other offenses do well in the league baby they get out in space Mm -hmm. and they let their guys to get get to the second level consistently we didn't see that this year and i do think it had a lot to do with the middle of that offensive line specifically the center yeah i'm with you 100 percent all to all those points i just think you'll end up having a bigger issue if you don't have a starting left tackle no i I mean importance is I mean that's the blind yeah. side, and, and I and I I do get it, and I I I am sad that we did not get to see Awesome in any capacity this year. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird to me yeah. because there were times where I thought, you know, if Idoga couldn't go, I'm thinking, okay, well, let's see what this rookie got, and we didn't get a chance to see him play. So I yeah. do, do I do think it puts you in a weird place evaluation wise of like. We don't know what we're getting from this player right now, yeah. for real. Nick, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick that. I'm going to kick that left guard to left tackle. That's what I was just <laughs> yeah. about to ask. I'm going to put I'm going to put Bass at left guard, mm-hmm. and I'm going to draft a badass center, mm-hmm. and we're going to start running the football. I think here. you can get busy with that too, to be honest. Yeah. Well, they won't do it, but you know, but <laughs> yeah, Brian Broad's failed yeah. scout sitting here on the draft show today uh, would say. 
that to me, I feel like I could protect myself. You're right. They, the, one of the two, I think the two main reasons they couldn't run the football, they weren't good enough at center. And, and, and at times he was good, but Absolutely. not all the time. Consistency. Consistency. You know, and he's a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're going to probably move on from that. You know, this, this team, it's easy to say, oh, we'll go out and get Travis Frederick. You know, well, that, that's hard to do. Yeah. But, but to me, I think you could get more a, a bigger player, a more physical player, and one, to Aisha's point, that not only can work the scoop and the reach game, but also get second level. Yes. We always talk about cut the defense in half. What the Packers do, they cut your defense in half. Ball comes to the presses, and then it comes behind the center. Big game. You know, I, Dallas needs to get back to playing football that way. And there was really no point whenever you're watching the film of Tyler Biotish cutting the, the field in half. If he yeah. held his ground, yeah. that was a good snap for he, Tyler Biotish. He, he gave you everything he had. Yes, he did. I mean, the, he the kid is a he's a, a, a great human being. He You know, he, he, he learned along the way. He got better with his calls, the protection, stuff like that. It's just limited what he can do. Yeah. You have a badass center. You can do a lot of things on your offense. So, but in regards to your 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 idea of maybe uh, T.J. Bass being the the left guard, yeah. Tyler being, do you want to take away from T.J. Bass's swing ability? Do y'all think? Do y'all look at him as maybe? I think he could start. I think he could start too. Yeah. But holy crap, it was real nice. Yeah. To when know that if Martin went down or with the value that he, he has showed. a point about the tackle, though, I do acknowledge that. No, no, that. he's right. I know he's, he acknowledged right. that. Yeah. Two things can be true at once. Are you yes. guys Are you guys feeling okay at right tackle, too? Do you feel okay with Terrence stealing what he gave you? I'm I mean, o- y'all watch the film. I'm okay with not having to address it until potentially next offseason. Okay. Yes, because we you got to get because <laughs> you just paid the guy. I think it's fair. There's a little bit of hesitation there. I do think it's fair to, to give him some time, but also, too. We talked about it. It wasn't just about um, the players. It was also, it was a lot of scheme too. And I'm yeah. like, some of the things that he does very well yeah. when he was able to do them, especially in the run game. You saw some of who he who he was even last year. So I'm waiting to see personally. Him but. and Martin were so much better last year together. Yes, and they were. The, the tight end really hurt him this year. I mean, Ferguson is Ferguson is I, I, so much better than Dalton Schultz in my mind. You know, just so much better. But the the blocking aspects of things, they tried to address it with Schoonmaker. And we and to Aisha's point, and she's absolutely right, give Schoonmaker another year. Give Schoonmaker the opportunity to be in the weight room. And not that Michigan has a poor weight room and all trust me, I've been at Schimbeckler Hall. That thing is like a <laughs> you can you can it's amazing how big that place is. But to me, you you've got to be able to be better at the point of attack with your tight ends and also with your center. Those are the two areas. I, I think I, if I could get those two areas taken care of, I'll work on the right tackle, getting him right. What you got? Yeah, I, I agree completely. I was talking about right tackle whenever we're <laughs> yeah. talking about Terrence Steele. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think that's something to move on for potentially next offseason if things don't go well next yeah. year. One one quick thing I want to touch on as far as T.J. Bass goes, though. I mean, it, I, I think if you focus him in on right guard and let him be the successor to Zach Martin, then that's probably your best opportunity. Sure. To let him develop. I, I wouldn't want to throw him in a starting position. Mm-hmm. He, could he start next season? I think he could, but I don't, I don't want to put that position on him. You know what? It's uh... I, and I give you a lot of credit for this because you were talking about T.J. Bass quite a bit last I year. I liked him. You did. And and you were talking about why is nobody talking about this guy more. You're absolutely right about him. Talking to guys around the league, scouts around the league, they're like, we miss this kid. Mm-hmm. We totally miss this kid. Wah, because wah. he should have been drafted. He should have been drafted. You know, there's a lot of guys he played better than, you know, mm-hmm. with the opportunity he had. So I kind of feel like that to me – 
I think he's a starter. I just do. I just feel like that he's shown me enough to where, you know, it's not going to be perfect with your offensive line. But, gosh, he's better than a lot of guys that got drafted that I saw play this year. Yeah. You know, the opponents with the Cowboys, I'm like, man, it's a bad guard. That's another bad guard. That guy's really a bad guard. You know, this kid, when he played, I, I didn't hold my breath. Like, initially, I was like, okay, let's see what happens. But you were right about him. He you really, kind of really see worked. it in training camp, too. Yeah. Just the physicality and the the. Take the toughness, no, yeah, 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 best the, rookie in the class. He really yeah. was, uh, and he's got some. Uh, he's got some rapport with one Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon, yes, too. Sir. Just by the way, uh, along that same line, Cowboys Ant says, if you had to guess the first round pick today, who would it be, position and player? Gosh, I, li- feels... I like this. It's so early, mm-hmm. so I mean, you're not. Gonna be we figured out Leighton Vanderush in March. <laughs> we did. We actually did. We, we're we had in January. We had. Yeah, wow. we're in January. You got a little bit of time. Please, not again. It feels like every mock draft on the planet is pinning Jordan Morgan to to the Cowboys, and that's something I'm, I'm going to touch on a little bit later on DallasCowboys.com. But mm-hmm. I mean, it, you talked about Jordan Morgan last yeah. week. Um, that's a guy that makes sense at left tackle. He's got so many reps, so many snaps playing there at Arizona. Uh, he'd be a guy that's you know he we matches didn't influence the size, people he here, did we? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe so. are, they, are they already watching the draft show? Maybe All we can do is he's put a out really a good player. He is a very good player. But yeah. I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, you're good. As far as that, as other <laughs> other potential first round options, like I know dudes. we. Uh, um, Stop it over there. We had potentially looked at uh, Amarius Mims if, if he okay. was able yeah. to fall. Mm-hmm. I think if Amarius Mims falls to 24, that's a guy you take over, Jordan Morgan, in my book. Um, but, yeah, there, there's, it's a really good tackle class, and I'm very interested to see how quick they fly off the board um, or not quick at all. You know, I wonder if there's a first-round type talent that can, could slip to in the 30s or the 40s, whatever. So. It, it feels like the last couple of years we've been hoping for that. I mean – Exactly. And you were kind of hoping happened. that for the tight ends in the second yep, round last ends. year. Tight ends. You were hoping. You, you, hope is never a strategy, but there were times that you were looking at this board and you're saying, hey, things are shaping up really good. We're about 10 picks away. And then boom, 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 boom. Yes. Eight of your nine picks have gone off the board. And then you got to kind of take Go a ahead. pick. How bad are Peyton uh, Peyton Wilson's injuries? Yeah, it definitely scares you. Uh, he's he's he does have two See, I, injuries, that, that's, but yeah, and, and I always but, factor that in. That's a really important context and, and data point whenever you're looking at you know guys and whenever you're evaluating them. Sure. For me, I look at the production that he's had this last season sure. and, and what he looks like as far as movement and lateral movement. Yeah, he can still get around. I mean, he had 138 tackles in 12 games. I mean, okay. that guy flies to the ball too. Fill me in. This guy, this guy's Jack Campbell to me from Iowa. Ooh. Really? Couple, yeah, that's that's Peyton Peyton Wilson's Jack Campbell. Okay, to me. I'm gonna check him 2021 out. 2021 had a season-ending shoulder injury yeah. in, uh, early in the season, um, and then 2018 uh, he had a, a second knee injury his freshman year, and he had a, a initial knee injury in high school. But he's been healthy these last two seasons. Hasn't missed a game. Been really productive. Won a comeback player of the award, uh, comeback player of the year award in the ACC in 2022. So uh, I. I Yes, yes, definitely a point. Yeah. But like you almost wonder, huh? I wonder if there's value there for a guy, for a I, linebacker man, that's coming off injury. It's, <laughs> it's right down Dallas's path to take a banged up linebacker that's productive. They not, they haven't learned from it yet. I hope, I hope. I, I, you know what? If I had to make a, if I had to make a prediction, they love the plug and play offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. I think they're taking Edron Cooper, the linebacker from Texas A and M. Ooh, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad pick either. Linebacker twenty four. Yeah, I'm not gonna fight nobody on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think that to me this this kid, and we talk about it, but he's got some overshown tendencies to him too. Absolutely. When you watch him, I mean, he he might be maxed out his weight, but the guy had ten sacks. 
He can rush the passer. He does a lot of things. But if I had to say a January prediction, mm-hmm. Edron Cooper, Texas A&M at their pick. What would be the reaction from the fan base? <laughs> the defensive fight. player. Yeah, defensive player. But also edge rusher. But it's a linebacker. Yeah. It's a linebacker. And that's, play and off they, ball. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, this, he, team, this team, they played dime six, uh, 70% yeah. of their snaps this year. Because why? They didn't have linebackers. Yeah. I do have a question. That's, a, that's not like I'm forcing it there. <laughs> the I? only thing I'm afraid of, though, is to your – Don't mentioned talk it. me out of this. No, 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 no. You mentioned it earlier, Nick, in regard to flexibility. I do think that the flexibility of players is starting to become a Band-Aid more for this team. Whoa. To me, I think I like that the team has, like, the players have flexibility. But I'm looking at some of these gentlemen. I'm like, yeah, like, Ken. So, Edron Cooper, I think he can play every spot in the linebacker position. I don't know if I want him to do that, though. Yeah. I want him to find a home yeah. and do that and do that successfully. I felt like that's actually what happened to DeMarvion Overshone in his career is that he was always mm. moving spots, mm. different coaches, different whatever. <clears throat> I'm looking at Edron Cooper, and that's the only thing. That's what I'm saying. That's the only thing I'm kind of like, mm, about. If you're going to bring him in here, is he going to be your mic? Who, wh- whatever yeah. he's going to be, make him that. Don't make him start playing. We've seen it with Damone Clark. We've seen it with other players where they're playing positions out of necessity. They're playing different linebacker roles than what they originally were good at. And I didn't like. I know. I know. I don't like that no more. I, I'm. 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 I'm over that. You should say, play one position and stick to it. <laughs> no, I mean, well, you can say it with Parsons, maybe. No, huh? Parsons don't count. He's. He's. I feel he, like even now, though, you need Parsons to to pick a side. Like, uh, what what is what does Micah Parsons do to your defense? I know he's incredible and he can do a lot of things, but like, pick a spot and let's let's roll. Yeah, because I, I do think it causes confusion and things mm-hmm. when there's injuries and stuff. You yeah. need real backup linebackers. Yep. You need real like you need that. It can't. That's what I mean. It's yeah. like I think some of the versatility is great, but with someone like Edron Cooper, I look and I'm looking at him. I'm thinking he can play every little. He can play Mike. He can play. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What does he do the best? Put him yeah. there. Okay, then I'm gonna, I'll now. give you a guy. I'll give you a guy that I think will play just one position at linebacker. Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State is a Mike linebacker, mm-hmm. okay. and he plays like he's shot out of a cannon. He's a full speed player. He tackles really well. He, you know, he covers. I mean, he's you can you can you can play him in coverage. He's not going to be a liability. Like he can carry routes. You know, he's got a feel for how to work through gaps and cracks. I mean, he attacks. If you want a guy that's just a true linebacker-type player, I think that Eichenberg would be that guy for me. Yeah, because we were talking about earlier, what's the difference between uh, the teams that you're watching now? And the, mm-hmm. Hey, guess what Fred yeah. do? Yeah. Play the same spot. Yeah. He's a linebacker. Guess what Greenlaw do? Yeah. Play the same spot. Because yeah. I do also, too, think when you talk about the development of the player linebackers a lot. And yeah. so you, you want them to just get – that position, but when you're constantly moving them around, I think it can be detrimental early for some of these players. So I'm like, bring I want, here. I want Trotter so bad here. That, listen, <laughs> I might. Pay. I don't. I don't That'd know so if the, I don't know if they'll do it with a six foot two thirty linebacker. I'll tell you what would be so funny if the Dallas Cowboys have a linebacking core that has a Texas guy and a Texas A&M guy. Yeah. It would unite sets. It would be <laughs> it would, the, the, the bandana. Yep, it would be the bandanas tied together. Woo! I yeah. would. I would probably faint. Who would be your pick? Who's your Who's your first overall pick? 24th overall pick. Like a person? Yeah. Can I say a position? 
No, I want a person and a position. Tater tots. Yeah, um, I, want, I want a I want a specific. Well, cause he keep taking he keep taking all of my. I'll give you one. I throw like seven guys out there with the hope that one of them <laughs> one lands. of them's gonna hit. Mm. Go ahead, take take the same guy if you want. No, if you really really believe it. I'm taking Graham. Barton. It would make me feel better if you. Who'd you take? Graham Barton. Okay, I, I, I got one, but go ahead. Offensive tackle. That's that's where I'm going. I mean, you you need a big we meaty need to check offensive those injuries tackle there too. Yeah, there might be some injury background, but that might be why he's there at 24. That yeah. might be why he's there. So six foot five, three fifteen. He moves well, and I like the way played he center finishes. his freshman year. I talked to a scout about him. I said, Hey, am I on, am I on yeah. am I on drugs thinking this guy could play center? He goes, No, nah, he played center his freshman year. I think he goes the guy. My guy said, He goes, I think he has to play inside. Ooh. But, but wow. that's that's yeah. So so then you could you could kick your left guard out the left tackle. You could put Tyler Smith out there. He's the left tackle of the future, like you initially planned. Nick hates your plan right now. You Nick just him. totally hates I'm your just, plan. I'm, I like Sick. it. I like it. Hey, you've got some guys up front. I want somebody that can finish, and Barton finishes. Yeah. At the point of he attack, does. he plays mm. past the whistle. He's he's a dude. What's your position? Just give me the position. Uh, you don't have to say a player. Just give me the position. It will be linebacker. For okay. Me. Cool. In the first round. It would be linebacker for me. Okay. Yeah. It's a good linebacker. Man, I, it's. I'm hoping we're not doing this on a need thing because I don't think it's a need thing. I think these linebackers can legitimately play. Well, not yet. Did, did it stand out to you how much of them? It's just kind of the evolution of the, the position. A lot of them can cover. Yeah. Yeah, they can. Yeah. I was like, dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you're just going to drop back and cover and, yeah. and be stride for stride with the receiver over and over yeah. again. Okay. Like, yeah. that was one thing that stood out to me is that yeah. a lot of them have the coverage ability. I think that is mat- that matters now in this league. Our A&M guy can rush, too. Yes, he yeah. can. Yeah. Kelly Pearson <laughs> says, who is the Charles Haley of this draft class? The Cowboys need that Somebody's type crazy? of crazy to help set the tone on defense. Who's, who's got a little uh, little Charles Haley to him? In a good way. In a good way. Charles is nuts. Yes, he is. That's all about in, in a good way. In a good way. Huh. Hard to match that. Can we? We might need to come back on that one yeah. later. I, it, on it. it might well, be. It might be Kamara from Colorado State. That's we, a good one because we, he is a little bit of get in your face, get personal foul penalties, be a little nuts, play the game. You know, play the run, play the pass. You know, one. you got one. Yeah, Jerzan Newton out of Illinois. Oh, okay. Yeah. The defensive tackle. Yeah, the, the three. Tackle. He's, 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 a, yeah. he's a Florida guy, South Florida, and he brings it to the field. Um, that, that'd probably be my guy. Yeah, mine is. I, I'm about to skip because we're talking about DTs later. That's okay. Go ahead. All right. He we don't. Can... He don't. Maybe he don't count. Uh, but when I seen him, he looked a little Looney Tunes to me. Uh, three tech, maybe five tech. Darius Robinson. Um, I did is he not is like he that. is what he from he? Missouri? Yes, Missouri. Missouri, yes, yeah, Missouri. Yeah. Six five, two ninety six. Yeah. Not super huge. Um, I loved his motor, his effort. He extends and he extends his arm. He stacks well and he sheds well. Yeah. Very violent hands. Yeah. I mean, heavy hands. Where it's he's not the fastest, but I I do like that. Um, in space, he's gonna he he thinks he's gonna beat you. He's he has that this is my ball I'm going to get him mentality. Um, I don't I think he relies on his power a little bit too much, but I feel like he if you find him a home he's gonna thrive there. His his, his he has a nice little toolbox too, but he plays with his hair on fire. He's a little 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 little, Man, little you, off you, his hand. You completely nailed this guy. He little hand. Yeah. Have you watched him? There's a lot of guys in Missouri that are just like this. Yeah, they have and a I think it comes. They play with a chip. Those yeah. Missouri kids. That's what I mean. That running back. Yeah. That running back there is a is an yeah. interesting guy. If you if you want to start, it led the led you know uh, uh, Cody Schrader, Schrader from yeah. Missouri. Mm-hmm. Okay, you talk about a little nuts. 
You know, we're getting the running backs. What are they doing over there in Missouri? Yeah. You know what? He's a Juco product that played with a chip on his shoulder. I'll tell you what, though. The thing about it is Missouri, and no offense, because there's a lot of friends that we all have that are Missouri grads. Great school. Their football program has always kind of been in in that mode of just, we're just not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. So what happens is they get players that other teams miss. Maybe a guy can't go to Nebraska or or Iowa or these places in the Midwest. And they end up to go to Missouri. And then you watch them play and you're like, somebody missed that kid. It's like Mm -hmm. watching Deron Bland play at Fresno State. Somebody at UCLA or Washington or what missed Deron Bland as a player. Missouri's got a lot of these guys like that. Yeah. They have a lot of these. These guys should have – but Missouri finished in the top ten. They give me, you know, give them credit. Mm-hmm. They, but it's been a program that's been a little bit of an up and down. They're starting to recruit a little bit better because of the SEC pitch. You can, yes. You can still stay in the Midwest and play in the SEC. Yeah. But also they're able to re- recruit SEC country. Like, hey, we're yeah. going to play around the corner from your house every right. year. You know, So um, it, it's helped them, it's, but it's taken them a little bit of time. But I think they're really starting to put it together now. Is St. Louis still a good area to recruit yeah, absolutely. kids? Yeah, see, St. Louis, they get yeah. kids from St. Louis. St. Louis, you talk about tough. That is a tough city. Yeah. We're going to talk about Luther Burden yeah. uh, next year. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a St. Louis kid who's going to be wide receiver one. There you go. Potentially next yes. next year. So. There, there's some, there's some mean Louis, kids so. in a nice way. Mean, you know, mean not. Do what? My best friend's from St. Louis, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell her to go watch some high school football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's take our Zeke second was break. From. Zeke was from St. Louis. Yeah. 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 Second break. When we come back. We're going to do a position spotlight. Yeah, the questions were great today. (laughs) Position spotlight. We're going to do this a couple episodes in a row just to get up to date on what each position looks like in this 2024 draft class. We're going to start with defensive tackles. What are some of the defensive tackle sweet spots? Is this a good class overall? And what are some of the top names? And who might be flying under the radar? We'll answer all those questions when we come back with more of the draft show right after this. Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At Laser Care Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at dfwis.com. Tell them Drew sent you. Hood, hood. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. 
And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The 99th annual East-West Shrine Bowl will feature 130 of the nation's top NFL draft prospects on Thursday, February 1st at the Star in Frisco. Tickets as low as $20 are available at ShrineBowl.com. Proceeds benefit Shriners Children's. Brian, how cool is it to have the Shrine Bowl? This is great. Down, the, down the hallway. Yeah, so nice. It really, really is. And, and congratulations to... To all the the guys that got selected for the teams, the coaches are involved, the fans. If you you know you really want to get a jump on Scott and see players live, mm-hmm. you can kind of match that live look with what you're seeing on your tape or your study, whatever you're doing, and it really really does help you that way. So great time of the year for for scouts to deal with the Shrine Bowl and then also deal with the the Senior Bowl after that. It's a it's a it's a it's a, a real benefit to be able to, to go to these events. And we're going to preview both of them. Uh, on Thursday, there we're you go. Preview the Shrine Bowl. We're going to preview the Senior Bowl. Normally, we we just preview the Senior Bowl, but with the Shrine Bowl being right got here, got to you got to. It's going to be incredible yeah. coverage. Also, got some confirmation over the weekend. Thursday, next Thursday, so not this upcoming Thursday, but next Thursday, Dane Brugler is going to be on the show in that? studio here in Dallas. One he's of the founders. Yeah, yeah, he's going to come in for the Senior or the Shrine Bowl. Town. Yeah. What was that? You know, celebrities coming into town. Yeah, I know. I All talked to him the other day. He misses the draft show. I'm mm-hmm. sure he really does. He 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 goes, man. I can't tell you how much fun I used to have on that draft show. I said you had fun because I would like go after you. He goes, <laughs> yeah, it was part of it. But he goes, he goes. I go, well, you got really good at going back after me. <laughs> <I> <laughs> so. We're gonna have to make sure that it uh, that it turns out that way. You yeah, go no, at him a Dan, couple times. Dane's great. He's one of the best at this. He really, really is. And the draft show fans still love him too. I they mean, do. I, they I do. Like he's, your mentions uh, are as full as mine. Yeah, he, he's as a he's a, Dane? he's a legend. He absolutely is a legend. That's doing this. Yeah. I just watched. The, I just watched the Christopher Nolan trilogy. So, oh, where's Dane? Where's Dane? Where is she? <laughs> where sorry. Is she? <laughs> All right, position spotlight time. Defensive tackles. Is this a good class for defensive tackles overall, based off of what you've seen so far, Nick? Yeah, I think so. I, I think when you when you compare it to years past, I mean, defensive tackle is kind of a, a spot you would have to reach at, especially in the early rounds. But I think there's some really good value for some guys. I, I don't really think you'll see that first defensive tackle off the board until the 20s uh, or the late teens at the very earliest. Um, but I think once you look into that late first round, second round, third round, there's going to be some guys that come off the board that are pretty interesting. Um, you know, we've we've looked at Jerzan Newton. We talked about him a little bit last week out of Illinois. I mean, it has kind of been a thought that he's, you know, this runaway DT1, but Byron Murphy out of Texas. Byron I mean, that's Murphy, a guy, give me that guy. Uh, out of DeSoto. Yes. Um, yes. He's coming out of Texas after three years. I mean, he's he's a little bit shorter than what you might want at defensive tackle, but he, he looks like a grown man, and he looked like a grown man at 15 years old. And this, uh, this, this kid's incredible. He was committed to Baylor for the longest, and Texas got in on him late, was able to flip him uh, and, and get him to Texas. Uh, sorry, Waco boy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, him and Tavondre Sweat at Texas this past year really did some great work. Now, I want to talk about these Texas guys a little bit, but okay. do you want to ask that question to the table really quick before we do that? Yeah, yeah, real quick because Sweat specific. They're two different types of players. Yeah, they're not the same yeah. player. Byron Murphy, he does a little bit of everything. Three ten. I mean, he's he's a, a freak. I mean, a legitimate freak. 
Tavondre Sweat is a physical, m- m- just monster. Six, yes. 360 plus. Tall. I mean, big. 362. Tall, six, four. Yeah, 362. He's I, a load. I think that's. That's at least for Dallas right now. He's not now. a one trick guy, though. No, man. he's not. It's amazing. If you're talking it about really a guy is. you need to yeah. stuff the middle, that yeah. you need to stop the run, I yeah. think he would fit perfectly. Or catch some red zone Dallas. passes. Please. That would work, too. Nah, yeah, but too. they're two completely different prospects. Yeah. Don't look at the helmet and say, oh, they're Texas defensive tackles yeah. or yada, yada, yada. Completely different. Look at them separately because they can both be really good in their own right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, when I looked at him, I, I felt like he's one of the true run stoppers yeah. in this in this in it so what do you mean brian he's not gonna that lose he, 30 pounds his wreck a year right Gotta you trying to start stuff i'm just asking he oh. would still be 332 <laughs> <laughs> but what do you mean he's not just a one-trick guy what do you think he else what else do you think he can do i'll tell you what man the the thing that the thing that is interesting because you could see him rush the passer actually you know you could see him with the because he plays with so much power, that upper body strength. I mean, he knocks an opponent back, and then he's got the footwork to kind of yes. yeah. The footwork all of a sudden the guy's knocked back, and now he's kind of dealing with he's dealing with this monster coming at him, and then with the footwork to get around him. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's it's it's one of those things. I mean, he can he just drives guys back into the backfield, but then he's kind of got the nimble feet to get around them and then get in on the quarterback. So that that's what I love about him. I mean, it's sometimes you get these massive guys and they just stand there. Yeah. This guy actually has movement and the slide and the agility and you know, I mean, it's it's kind of like you look at him in the way he plays. He's got low pad level. Mm-hmm. You, you think of a guy that he's just—he's kind of a taller guy, but he's got—he plays down. He mm-hmm. bends his knees, and I just—I I really do like the hand use, the strong in the upper body. I mean, yeah, yeah, give me that type of guy. When I talk about defensive tackles, I want to see the lower body uh, mobility match yeah. that upper body physicality, sure. and that's what I see from both of these guys. I think that's one of the few things that they, I think they do similarly. Right. Mm-hmm. When you look at Vondre Sweat, uh, he was a guy that really didn't develop until that fifth year and that's yeah. a credit to defensive line coach Bo Davis who's now at LSU um <laughs> went and, back uh, to LSU yes, yes sir yes sir but um I, being able to have that fifth season and really develop over this past off season add that extra weight yeah it was huge for him I mean we see that I mean we're looking at a second second third round guy now um and then you look at Byron Murphy he was able to power that strength that yeah. he's always had I mean he's going to be one of the stronger guys you see at the combine I mean he's going to be strong and he's able to pair that with that mobility now that he has now it, they both needed the other thing as far as like Byron Murphy needing the lower half to Vondre needing the upper half mm-hmm. and they combine both of them and they're able to kind of make that work that's what I was going to ask is it, is it going to be important with when you look at tandems which you don't see a lot uh, in college to me is like steady th- this was a real tandem yeah to your point they mm-hmm. build off of each other is that something to consider when you are drafting this person to look at, okay, do I need to place him next to this person? Because I think you could say a thing about Newton, too. I, I do think who he's played next to mm-hmm. has made a difference in how he's uh, schemed and, and taken on double teams and things of that nature. Do, is that something you look at when you're drafting? I think it's a valid question. Yeah. No, it because is. Because you want to see what they're playing beside and what they're playing around. My my first thought when you brought that up was Georgia defensively. Yeah. The last couple of years, yeah. you've got Jordan Davis, you've and you've seen, got yeah. some of those guys, and and they've they've gone and played. I mean, most of them are in Philadelphia, honestly, but <laughs> it, most of them have gone on and played well, defensive yeah. tackle wise, defensive line wise, yeah. wherever they end up. And a lot of times they're not together unless they are in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I'll say the one thing about Sweat, 
he's you talk about a guy that's extremely durable. Mm. Guy's mm-hmm. played 460 snaps the last two years. Mm. You know, I mean, you always worry about guys that big playing in heat and humidity and all years, that. And yet, that's yeah. a hot stadium to play in. Yeah, and I mean, and, you know, and that. Yeah, and he's and he's not coming off the field. No. You can put, you can throw on the Alabama game. I mean, and you're watching Alabama, and Alabama's got a good offensive line, and they it, it is a all day fight between Alabama and Texas on their offense and defensive lines. And I, that's I just these guys like I say this sweat he 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 plays the grass ain't dying under his feet. I mean it's it, he's moving to the outside. He's getting up the field. I mean it's 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 impressive to watch a man that big operate the way he does. Mm-hmm. Huntsville, Texas, Devondre Sweat, by the way. Hmm. Don't look at me, Kyle, because I don't no. want to say – I would just – What do you do? You throw a Mich- – you get throw that Michigan well, tackle we out there? Watching, listen, we wa- we just talking about DTs. We're I'm talking about defensive tackles. Chris Jenkins, I scouted his dad at Carolina. Go yeah. ahead. Talk about Chris Jenkins, the junior. Well, first of all, let me start off by Michigan. saying that we have – yeah, Michigan. No people get tight. National that. champs. He was a big part of it. He sure was. He sure was. One thing that stood out to me, number one, I wanted to look into the character. A lot of lot of really good character witnesses for this guy, yeah. who he is, and uh, his work ethic. They talk about how much he's in the, he was in the weight room. He came in at, what, 240? Yep. He's at 305 now. 305, so wow. You get to see that player is willing to you know, sacrifice in that way to, to put the weight on and everything that he needs to do. Um, he transitioned from DN to D tackle. You can see some of that in his game, um, uh, and also too, you, you mentioned the fact that his his father he had come from a football family. Yep. Um, his dad was a nose tackle DT, hard man to block, four time Pro Bowler. Yeah. Very successful. His uncle um, Cullen Jenkins, thirteen years in the league, so yep. he has the lineage of a football player. But when you get into the player, um, this is a run stopping. Defender. I mean, I do think that he takes on double teams well. Uh, he takes them. He takes them on a lot. He got double teamed a lot more this past year because yeah. of Mozzie's uh, absence, mm-hmm. and I felt like he handled that pretty well at times. Um, he does have to focus on, and Brian mentioned it earlier. What the heck is going on? It's with, their scheme. Is it the scheme? It's their because scheme. Because it's the get off and yeah. the technique. And he said that yeah. his uncles, his uncle, his yeah. dad have even pulled him in the side and yeah. to talk to him it's about it. It's scheme. So it's the scheme. Yeah. Maybe it's the stance. It's the stance. It's he plays a lot more elongated than yes. than what than what Mozzie plays. Mm-hmm. Mozzie was a little bit more narrow, and Will McClay even talked about kind of opening up Mozzie's stance a little more from Michigan. But when you watch. Jenkins play. He's a little bit longer, but is a scheme. They are a tick late coming off the ball. Yeah. They, they seriously. I watch it, and it's the last damn thing I put in my notes. And I, I said, uh, let me get to it here if I could real quick. I it said, was the last thing. I go, I go. This, I, I, I said, like to see more explosive when coming off the ball as a pass rusher. I go. This is likely a scheme thing after Mozzie Smith struggles with the same thing. Yeah. It, it, it's a combination. This guy's got a combination of raw strength and athletic potential. That's what he That's wins what this with. guy is. That's what he wins but, with. But they, but they are – you watch him play against Washington play the run. Yep. They they don't they they can't block this guy. They shut down. In, 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 in a big game, he, he he was. And I know you're going to see the maize and blue and the helmet and f uh, Michigan defensive lineman. I get it. It's a scheme thing with these guys. It really is. The more now you watch, you understand. After watching Mozzie play this year, I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. Watching Michigan football. That's but, that's what you're going to have to deal with coming out of out of uh, Michigan if you're drafting their up? defensive lineman. Does that make you feel? 
better about no Mozzie still needs to get off the ball quicker. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, I feel like either way you're still you're kind of you're still a football them. player. Yeah, you got yes. you got to be better. The ball is right better. there when it's snapped. Go. Yes. Don't don't like don't snap wait. and then wait. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I know we all did it. His hands on the ground. Yeah. Their linemen are moving. His hand's still on the ground. It, it's a it's a Michigan thing. I think it's even worse with Mozzie, too, because it's very clear that he has been relying on his strength his entire no life. Question. And and that, can, no question. And he can be okay with having the yeah. slow get off, but no. now he's reached that point to where yeah. he can't. And, yeah. that, and that, that's, that's what point. I would say the difference between if you wanted to try Jenkins, I think the difference between him, I, I think his functional strength is better mm-hmm. than, than Mozzie's was to start. Wow. Who's our guy at Clemson? Ora Hora? Uh, Hora? Haven't gotten there yet as far as uh, Ora, pronouncing Ora, that Hora. name. Or Horaho. Ruke Ahoraho. Give me a moment. Or, yeah. try and find Absolutely it. not. Wait, what? <laughs> no, no. It's seriously. It, I think you say it Ahora, Ahora, Hora. I think it's how it's pronounced. Okay. I think it's how it's pronounced. Oh, I'm I see going him. to their media Clemson. guy. Yeah. Give me a moment. Yeah, Clemson. Okay, real quick. Oh, this guy, I mean, there's he, he's 6'4", he's 290. <laughs> Here's another three technique that you're going to have to kind of deal with here. It tends to play a little high for my liking, but you could see blockers they get under him a little bit. But his best pass rush techniques and stuff are like that when he's on the move. I mean, he's a bull rusher. He's he, he needs a little bit better plan. But this is a guy that people are kind of talking about a little bit. Six four two ninety. Uh, you know, uh, he plays in a rotating. Clemson's got all those rotating defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see a funny name, and you're going to have to study this kid <laughs> because, I mean, he's he's a guy that has the ability to to make some plays, and he made some plays for uh, for Clemson in these games. When we, oh, go do you have it? it? No, go for it. When we do these positional spotlights, can I do a stay away from this guy? Sure. Okay. All right, stay away from Leonard Taylor the third out of Miami. Um, not a huge fan of what he's put on the – put on the field this past year in Miami. He was a Miami Palmetto kid, uh, stayed home, went to University of Miami, was a five-star prospect, top five in the in his class. And I just have not loved the production from him since he's been at Miami. I say stay away because he's starting to generate like that second, third round yeah. love. And I just, I don't see that. I, I see a guy who's kind of lazy off the ball, which is mm. oddly enough. Um, he has a crazy motor. He does. Mm. And he could stay on the field for quite a bit of snaps, kind of similar to Javondre Sweat in that way. But I, I just don't love the guy. I, I think he's... Um, um, he's not a true defensive tackle either. I think you would have to move him out to like a three or a five even. Um, he reminds me of Iliama Fahoko from last year as mm. far as the draft process goes. And I think the Cowboys kind of reached on Fahoko, taking him in the fourth. I thought it at the time. I mean, obviously, I think that now too. So I think this is more of like a fifth, sixth round guy. I, I don't see him right now as a second, third round guy. Mm. By the way, uh, R- Ruke Oro Oro. And there's no the H's are silent. I'm Ora Ora Oreo Ora Ora. There we go. Ora Ora Oreo. Ora Ora. Watch him number thirty three. I'm watching that. And then you'll be like, Ora, Ora. why did you make me waste thirty Ora. minutes of my life Ora. right there? Oro Oro. It's Oro Oro Oro. Oh. Yeah. Oro Oro. Four different. You will. You'll go. You'll, go, you'll text yeah. me. You'll go. I hate this guy, Brian. <laughs> why would you say that? I just. I just. I'm. I'm interested. You think you know me at this point? No, I think. Mm. I think. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting an understanding. I'm going to watch him. So it's basically all the ages are silent. Or, yes. Oro, Oro. That's what Oro, Oro. Oro. I can do that. I can yeah. do that. There we go. Got it. There we go. There we go. Literally we putting figured a it note out, right everybody. Hey. Well done, y'all. If you can do Igbenogany. Good job today. You can do this. Noah Igbenogany. <laughs> you understand? Albert Okwebenam from Missouri, tight end.
in. Yeah. Boom. All right, now you're Got pushing it, it. You're pushing it. Got it. All right, there's we'll be back. There's a lineman in Alabama, too. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of them. Iabora, Iabora. Okay. We'll attack that one on Thursday. Yeah, Phonetics a- class on Thursday, guys. <laughs> 11 a.m. Central Time draft show on Thursday. We're going to preview the Shrine Bowl, preview the Senior Bowl coming go. up as well. Be sure to join us. Glad you're with us today. For Chris Beam, Jasmine Marshall, Paul in the back, Nick Harris, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morris, and I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you on Thursday with more of the Draft Show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?